Welcome to the Retirement Planning Guy podcast, a show designed to help retirees and pre-retirees live an awesome retirement. Your host is Jim Martin, financial advisor and author of The Retirement Playbook. Jim discusses ideas, strategies, and techniques to help you live your ideal retirement. So sit back, turn the volume up, and enjoy the show, because we begin right now. No, you can't guarantee success in retirement. No one can. It's impossible. And it's not because you're not smarter than the person next to you. And it's not because your advisor is not awesome. And it's not because Google didn't give you great advice. It's because human beings can't guarantee success. What we can do, though, is eliminate failure factors. And that's what we're talking about on today's show. What's a failure factor? Failure factors are mistakes that people make time and time again. In fact, I've done this so long now, I see the same mistakes pop up time and time again in portfolios. So in today's show of The Retirement Planning Guy, we're going to cover the top five failure factors that I see investors making. These failure factors can derail a retirement, can take all of the the money you've saved, the hard work you've put in, and just throw you off the tracks. Folks, my name is Jim Martin, and I'm The Retirement Planning Guy, and I'm so happy to be with you today because this is a really important show because chances are you are making one of these mistakes or you know somebody that is. So at the end of the show today, you're going to be able to go out and go forth and take action and hopefully begin the process of eliminating some of these. But before we get started, let's go through some compliance issues. Look, our attorneys want you to know that everything we discuss on this podcast is for educational, education rather, and informational purposes only. While I take every step to ensure that the information is accurate, mistakes can happen. So before you take action on anything we discuss, make sure you talk to a CPA, a qualified financial advisor, or an attorney. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's just jump right into this stuff and begin the process of talking about retirement mistakes, retirement failure factors. How do we eliminate these things so we can help ensure that we're going to have the best retirement possible? Remember, there is no guarantee in retirement. I know people love the word guarantee. Like it's a it's a fantastic word. It means means like there's something behind it. And, and I know there's guaranteed income and guaranteed products. So, you know, like a pension's guaranteed and social security's guaranteed and an annuity's income stream is generally guaranteed. Uh, and I think we can count those as guaranteed, but nothing can ensure success in a retirement plan. There's just there's just absolutely nothing that gives you 100% accurate success. So let's just jump right in and go through retirement failure factor number one. In fact, let's do it the David Letterman style. Anybody remember David Letterman? David Letterman uh, got a little crazy politically at the end and really um, and really wanted to talk about politics. And that's always a turnoff for me on night shows. I just go in for entertainment value. That you know, I, just, I want the jokes and I like to hear the the interviews and. The politics, you can leave that behind. If I want that, I'll turn into or tune into Fox or CNN or MSNBC or whatever your flavor is. But when I'm watching uh, comedy shows, I just want comedy. I don't need to hear the rest of the stuff. But he was a brilliant comedian and he had the top 10 list. He also dropped like watermelons out of New York City skyscrapers. And it was fascinating to watch these watermelons and TVs and everything else he dropped out just explode. But um, I was younger then, so that was really cool. But one of the cool things he did was that top 10 list. And we're not going to do top 10. We're going to do five, 
top five. So let's start with number five. I see this over and over again. People put all of their money in either one product or one stock or one mutual fund, or they put all their money in annuities, or they put all their money in the market. And they have this idea that they're going to make tons of money in this product. In fact, they're so emotionally bound to it. So let me give you an example. I sat down with a fine gentleman probably three weeks ago. He had about 90% of his money in UPS stock. UPS stock is a good company. And I've got lots of clients like this. Like It's a really good company. Really good. But If he had walked into my office that day and I said, hey, John, I think you should put all of your money in this UPS stock, he would have said, "Uh, no, you're crazy. I would never do that. But the mere suggestion of eliminating the stock sent shivers up his spine because there was this emotional attachment to it. So a lot of people, they get in trouble by putting tons of money into a company stock. They might have inherited it uh, or they worked at a company. We see this with UPS in our area and General Electric and Norfolk Southern and Allstate. We see it, We see this with a lot of companies that offered employee stock purchase programs. And, and this individual is not alone. It, 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 this happens all of the time. And eventually their, their, their brain catches up with their heart because their heart tells them that I love this. I worked there for so long. I know it's a great company. And and they're not they're not making a decision because they're not smart. It's just over time they just they've 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 just had this huge portfolio of of dollars there. And that can really derail your retirement. Think about this for just a second. Imagine you work for General Electric uh, and their share price used to be, I don't know, $35 a share. You know, it's much less than that today. And you might have seen 70% of your net worth evaporate if you had never diversified. So diversifying from a stock is actually a good thing. Maybe you don't have to do it all at once. Maybe you do it over time, but that's definitely a failure factor that's out there. The other two that I talked about was sometimes people will come in um, and I'll meet with them and they'll have all of their money in annuities, like 100% of their money's in annuities. And uh, annuities are fine. Like we talk about those on the show. They're a good tool. They serve a purpose in a portfolio. They are certainly not the end all be all. And I tend to think that um, consumers and advisors use them a bit too heavy. But all things considered, they can be appropriate for the right people. They are almost never appropriate to have all of your money in. There's a couple reasons. Sometimes it can be very high in fees. And the other thing is their growth potential might be very limited. And the third part of annuities that give me pause when somebody has all their money in there is the lack of liquidity. There's just not a ton of liquidity in an annuity, and it could set you up for a failure if you needed to access your money. And the flip side of that is all the money is in the market. So I meet people, and they'll have all their money in a mutual fund or in a couple mutual funds, and they're, they're very proud of their mutual funds, and they're very happy with it. But again, what they're doing is they're they're consolidating their risk. They're, they haven't followed. This is an issue of diversification is what we're talking about. And these individuals have not diversified. They've created a situation where all of their money is in one product or, or investment. And we all know that one of the basic tenets of investing is diversification. So really what we're talking about here is make sure you're properly diversified. But I do see this as a reason people fail or have the potential to fail because they have so much of their money in one product solution or stock or investment. So just be very careful there. All right, let's go on to number two or number four. Gosh, I'm obviously not cut out for late night television because I keep screwing up the list, but let's go to number four. So number four on the top five list 
of ways that we can remove failure factors. And remember, removing a failure factor doesn't guarantee success. It just creates a potential better pathway to ensuring that you're going to have a more successful retirement. Number four, ignoring future taxes. This is a big one because if you sit down with people or if you talk to enough people, everybody agrees, not everyone, but the vast majority of people believe that taxes will go up, right? Like they they just inherently understand that with 20 plus trillion dollars of national debt, you have to pay the piper at some point. And because of that, they understand taxes are going to go up, but they've done literally nothing to prepare for it. Not my clients, you know, we've all done all the hard work on this, but but people I meet on the side, the, on the side, they say, I ask them, hey, do you think taxes are going to go up? Yep. What's your plan? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'll get to that when I get to it. Look, if you think the wealthy are sitting around and waiting for the tax law to change, I've got news for you. They are being proactive, generally speaking, and you can be proactive as well. So what you want to do is craft a plan to help address what will happen inside of your plan if there's future tax increases. And that might mean shifting money into tax-free uh, growth products. It might mean taking a look at um, uh, taking a look at municipal bonds. It might mean taking some looks at Roth conversions. There's a lot of tools and tactics that are out there, but you want to be proactive around this. That's a failure factor. Because think about it this way. If taxes went up 5%, just 5%, that's a 5% pay cut for you. Like, think about it. every time there's a tax increase, especially in retirement, because we're on a fixed income, that's a straight line tax decrease or a straight line income decrease for you. So this can be a really impactful thing. I won't even get into inflation because it plays into the same line. I think that's a failure factor as well. So we can even lump that in here to talk about inflation and taxes, because if you don't think inflation's real, uh, you know, right now things are going up in price. I mean, try to go buy lumber. We're we're building some stuff right now, and I'm picking up some two by sixes and some four by four posts, and you know some other things on some projects I'm doing around the house and on some land we have. And I can't believe how expensive lumber is now compared to just a couple months ago. And it's because demand's so high. So inflation's a real issue as well. It can get lumped in with this tax situation. So number four was ignore future taxes. And um, as a side note, ignoring the potential of inflation. You just want to address this as you're thinking about it. You want to remove these of areas where you could fail. All right. On the top five list, we went through five, four, and now number three, you don't plan for long-term care. You know, this is this is a funny one. If you have enough money, and I, what I mean by enough money is, let's just say $250,000 or above, you've got to consider the, the having long-term care, some some form or fashion of protection in there, whether that's, and we've done a, done a whole podcast on long-term care, so I encourage you to listen to that if you want to learn more about long-term care. But you either need a traditional long-term care policy, you need a hybrid policy, or maybe you need an annuity with an income rider, or you just need to plan for it or at least cross it off the list. But if you have $250,000 in assets, you really need to consider it. You know, if you have $500,000, it's going it's gonna to be really hard not to make the case that you should have it. And people don't like thinking about it because I don't know about you. I don't want to think about dying and I don't want to think about having a, a diaper change. Like, 
I'm an independent adult. I'm never going to wear a diaper, right? Until I get dementia and I'm in a nursing home and it's sucking every red cent of my family's money away. And now I'm in a big problem because, you know, my wife is going to struggle and I'm not going to be able to leave a legacy to my kids. And, and that's what that's what long-term care insurance helps prevent. It helps ensure that everything you work for, it will be here for the people you love. That's what we're talking about. And a lot of people have these crazy plans. You know, their plan is, hey, Fred's going to walk me out in the backyard and shoot me. Or I'm never going to let that happen. I'm just going to drive off a cliff. I don't know about y'all. Lots of people go to the nursing home every day. I do not hear about a lot of murders in the backyards of people's homes because Martha shot Fred with the shotgun because he was starting to forget where his keys were. And I I don't see a lot of old people driving off cliffs uh, to wreck their cars and, and commit, you know, suicide by car. I see a lot of them kind of bumping into somebody's bumper or running over mailboxes. You know, these are the elderly folks who are not listening to the show, by the way, so we won't hurt their feelings by saying this. But, you know, these that's what I see. I just think you need to plan for it. If you don't plan for it, you're putting your entire life's work at risk. Your entire nest egg at risk by not planning for it. It's a huge deal. All right, moving on. On our top five list, we're going to go to number two. This is a fun one. I might or might not offend a few people, but you know, that's all right, whatever. There are people, believe it or not, who think they are smarter than the market. You are not smarter than the stock market. There is no way around it. If you were, you would be a billionaire. Let's just back up. I meet people all the time who think they can outthink the market. And they're convinced they want to talk to me about their stocks or all, all the wins and they, they've got it figured out. And they've got a system. You do not have you look, I'm glad that you have confidence and I'm glad you're an investor. Uh, but the reality is, is if you were as good as you said you were, you would be worth tens of millions, hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. Uh, let's think of Carl Icahn or Warren Buffett or people that have made billions in the market. Generally speaking, it's not the guy down the street you know, driving the Toyota. It's the guy living on a 2,000 acre private island with security around and having airplanes and flights coming in and he has yachts and all that. That's the the billionaire. That's the person who has figured out the market or has hit it hot. And here's what I mean by that. There is so, you are in a, every investor, every retail investor, every financial advisor, a complete disadvantage. Just, just a complete disadvantage. You don't have teams of analysts on your side. You don't have supercomputers. You don't have insider information. You don't have the ears of CEOs. You don't have any of that. You have CNBC and Kiplinger's Magazine, which are terrific periodicals and television shows, and you're getting information secondhand. I'm not saying you can't make money in the market. You obviously can. You can. But my point is is be smart enough to know that you're not smarter than the market. It just and that doesn't mean you're dumb. It just means that nobody's smarter than the market. It just means what I, the way the way that I think investing really works for the retail investor is buy good quality investments and hold them for a period of time. Don't try to time the market. Don't try to outthink it. Don't think you're smarter than the market. Look, if you make some money on a stock, I think that's fantastic. Great. I, that's why we have it. it. It's a lot of fun. I, I invest in stocks as well. It's a good thing. But I, I've lost money in stocks. You know, I, I want to be the first to raise my hand and say, uh, you don't win every one. But you, everybody who's listening knows one person who acts like they've never lost ever. 
They are completely, they've got it figured out. They know everything about it. They're the experts when they walk in the room. They are not. They are not. They're, they're just not. Unless they have a helicopter pad in their backyard and private security, they're probably not smarter than the stock market. Okay, that's all. And why I, why I say that is because what we don't want to do is try to outthink things. Buy good quality investments, hold them for a long period of time, and don't get emotional. That's really, if you really want to know the secret to investing success, and that's it, guys. Good quality investments, hold it for a long period of time, and don't get emotional. If you can do that, things will tend to work out. There's no guarantee. Remember, we're just about eliminating failure factors. All right, let's go to our last one, okay? We're at our top Number one on our top five list of eliminating failure factors. And remember, failure factors are areas in which I see people fail over and over again. And these, all these areas are where I see people mess up. And the last one is not having a financial plan. Okay, let me dig into what this is and why this is a huge deal. Okay, you do not need a financial advisor to create a financial plan. I just want you to know that. We'll go over how to do one on one of our upcoming shows. So if you're sitting at home and you want to you want to create one yourself, you can do it. But you ought to at least have one. If you're going to if you're going to do this on your own, get one done. If you're working with an advisor, make sure you have one. And here's why it's important. Everything changes constantly. Look, if we would have went back to the beginning of this year, like let's go to January 1st. I remember January 1st was awesome. My family was on a cruise. We were in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean leaving the Bahamas. I remember my my 13-year-old Kyle, he was on deck on a cruise ship. And this is like his first like New Year's party. And it's a pretty tame party, but it's exciting. Like the deck is crammed with people. Everybody's got the lights, the DJ's bumping some music. Uh, we're all out there having fun and yelling and carrying on. And I could just see like the look on his face like, oh my gosh, like I'm finally like growing up. This is awesome. Everybody's excited. We're talking about what a great year 2020 is going to be. And then COVID-19 hits. So our plans change, right? Like we're all still together and it's great, but life has changed under our feet a little bit. The reason a financial plan is important is it helps understand what's going to happen if the market drops by 30%. What happens if taxes go up? What happens if inflation goes up? Are we going to have enough money to live the rest of our life? I think I think having a financial plan is huge, huge. And so many people don't have them. Now, what's not a financial plan? Look, your Excel spreadsheet is awesome. And there are people that can definitely write better Excel spreadsheets than me. But unless you like you, you have a master's degree in macros on Excel, chances are you are not gonna you're not gonna build a very capable financial planning software on Excel. Doesn't mean your calculator is not good or your projections aren't good, but you're not running a Monte Carlo analysis, which is like 20 pages of math in order to in order to to get an outcome. Off of a um, off of an Excel spreadsheet, you just can't do it. Okay, I, I think it's great though. Your um, your statements in a book are not a financial plan. A financial plan is a document which you or an advisor has created that covers some really key areas of financial planning: income planning, investment management, tax planning, healthcare planning, legacy planning, and it ties all of this together. And it's not actually just enough to create the plan once. You actually have to go through and update your plan once a year because, as we've seen this year, things really change. I use um, I use a garden analogy, and I think this will actually. And I just went out and looked at my garden today, so this really rings true. But in in the spring, you know, when it's kind of gray out, 
and it's it's still cold and it's not warm yet. We're still not at the freeze line. I'm just really ready to get outside. So oftentimes what we do is I tell my wife, well, we're going to have an awesome garden this year. And she's like, yeah, we are. And we go out, we get some tomatoes. And let's just use tomatoes as an example. We get some tomato plants and we, we plant them and they grow and it's really exciting. And once we get past our frost line in our area, we plant our tomatoes. And then like life gets really busy. We, we've got two kids. We run around a lot. I've got a business and a life and all the other things, just like everybody else does. And we just get really busy. And I come back to that garden, you know, about this time this of the year because tomatoes are starting to ripen. And if I have not went in and picked the weeds once a week, that thing is flat overrun by weeds. And it doesn't mean that I'm not getting tomatoes because, by the way, my garden looks terrible right now. But there are tomatoes coming off. But here's what I know. I know that if I had went in there in, in May and June and July and picked the weeds and pruned the tree, the, the plants and make sure they're, I know I'd get better tomatoes. I know it. I know it. But life gets ahead of me. So it's a really about what kind of what kind of um, crop harvest do you want? Do you want the very best possible? If you do, you're going to create a plan and you're going to adjust it year after year and make sure it's on the right track. That's what we're talking about. Folks, um, we went through our retirement failure factors. So that was number one as the plan. But let me go through the top five really fast. Number five, put in all your money in one place, not diversifying. Put in all your money in a stock, a mutual fund, an annuity, or the market. Make sure you're diversified. Failure factor number four, ignoring future taxes. Taxes are more than likely going to go up. You better have a plan for it. Failure factor number three, not planning for long-term care insurance. It can be a huge risk. Make sure you mark that off your list. Failure factor number two is thinking you're smarter than the market. Like, Be humble. You're probably incredibly intelligent, but the market is stacked against you, generally speaking. Make good decisions here. And the biggest failure factor I see that walks into my office is not having a financial plan. Hopefully this helped you. Take action and eliminate some of these. That's going to really put you on the right track. Look, we've got some awesome resources on our website at retirementplanningguy.com. We do a newsletter once a week. It's really a good newsletter because it's it's just a retirement tip. It's something that's actionable that you can do uh, or gives you gives you some good suggestions of things you can do. Go sign up for that. To go out to retirementplanningguy.com and sign up for our newsletter if you'd like to learn more uh, about retirement and making sure you have some tips along the way. We don't spam your mailbox or anything like that. That's not who we are, but I think it could be really helpful. Again, my name is Jim Martin. I'm the Retirement Planning Guy, and we'll be back next week. We appreciate you joining us today for this episode of the Retirement Planning Guy podcast. Be sure to visit retirementplanningguy.com to access additional information, including our free retirement planning kit to help you live an awesome retirement. Take the first step to living the life you've always imagined with the Retirement Planning Guy. Opinions voiced in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives. Information provided is not intended as tax or legal advice. You are encouraged to seek tax or legal advice from an independent professional. We are not affiliated with Social Security or any governmental agency. New River Financial Group LLC is a registered investment advisor offering advisory services in the state of Virginia and other jurisdictions where exempted. New River Financial Group LLC doing business as Martin Wealth Solutions. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining value.